several years ago on a radio devotional class. They got together and uh, had decided to invite some young boys from a group home that had been uh, very badly mistreated in their lives, bad homes, abused, treated wrongly in all kinds of ways, everything you could think of imaginable that had caused them all kinds of problems. And they brought them there, and, and through them, there was one of the most memorial devotionals in times with the Lord that anybody in the radio audience and those in the studio had ever, could ever remember. They began to talk to the young boys, and they recited and were able to tell all the books of the Bible and went through those. People asked them some questions, and they talked and tried to answer the questions as best they could. And They talked about heaven and the fact of what it held for them and how they were looking forward to it and that they knew that even though they had never really had a home here, they had a home that God had prepared for them and how excited they were, and people were so thrilled as they listened to them. And when one of them began to sing, and he sang, it will be worth it all. When we see Jesus, life's trials will seem so small Small when we see Christ. One glimpse of his dear face, all sorrow will erase. So bravely run the race till we see Christ. What a testimony from those who had no earthly reason to believe that. But they had been touched by the hand of God, as you and I have who know the Lord Jesus Christ. And we understand that the world in which we live is a cruel world, and the life that we face and deal with is one that's oftentimes harder than we even know how to take day by day, and we struggle in what we try to be and what we try to do. Paul's speaking to that to the Christian church at Ephesus as he's trying to help these believers get a hold of who they are and what they possess and all that is theirs as they live in the midst of persecution, as they live in the midst of trials and all the things that are happening in their lives and in their world at that time as they look at it. It would be very easy if we really wanted to that we could take this letter to the Ephesians and we could very easily say this letter was written to the first Christian church of Quanah, Texas and all the believers who are part of it because that's how relevant it is, how important it is is that you and I would listen and hear and take hold of the truth that is here in our lives and for us as we look at it. We're going to look in, first, in Ephesians chapter 1 beginning in verse 7 and read through verse 14 this morning and talk about the things that are there. Some of it you've already heard preached to you through some of the songs that uh, were picked out and used and, uh, as we look at it, but we're going to talk about these and, and deal with it for a few moments, so I invite you to stand with me as we honor the reading of God's Word, Ephesians chapter 1 beginning in verse 7 and reading through verse 14. Scripture says, In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of His grace, which He lavished on us in all wisdom and insight. He made known to us the mystery of His will, according to His kind intention, which He proposed, purposed in Him with a view to an administration unsuitable, suitable to the fullness of the time. That is, the summing up of all things in Christ, things in the heavens and things on the earth. In him also we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to his purpose, who works all things after the counsel of his will, to the end that we who were the first to hope in Christ would be to the praise of his glory. In him you also, after listening to the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having also believed, you were sealed in him with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is given as a pledge of our inheritance, with a view to the redemption of God's own possession, to the praises of his glory. Would you pray with me? Father, this morning, 
as we think about these words and, and all that Paul is declaring and these great truths as the Holy Spirit is speaking through him to his brothers and sisters in Christ and, and celebrating in him and through him and with all these together, the wonders of what it means to be a part of the family of God, the joys of what it means to have been redeemed, to have been set free from the burden of the guilt of our sin and know that we are forever separated from the condemnation that comes from that because of our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and what he did for us upon the cross of Calvary. Father, I thank you this morning for the wonder of these words and for the truths that they behold. And I know and recognize that there's no way to even begin to scratch the surface of all the depths and all the riches and all the wonders that are found within the words that we just read and the things that are there. But God, by your Holy Spirit this morning, Take hold of these words and take them into our mind and into our hearts and into our lives and give us a fresh understanding, a, a remembrance of things we've already known, a renewal of faith and hope, an excitement about being a child of the living God and the wonder of what it means to truly be able to know we've been redeemed by the love of God. We've been set free by the purpose of your will. You've given us lavishly your grace and your mercy and you've bestowed upon us the promises that are yet to be fulfilled, the promises that we know will be one day as you come again. Father, thank you. Thank you for who you are and for what you're doing in our lives. I pray in Christ's name that you'll help us to understand it all. Amen. You know, the, the wonder of this passage and all that is there is, is so full and so, so rich as we look at it and as we see. So I want to just try to break it down. We don't have any, anywhere near the time this morning to, to go through it as it all fulfills and all the things that are there. But think about it for a few moments. First of all, he lets us know and understand that we already know as his children, we know the future. We don't have to go to astrology. We don't have to go to a crystal ball. We don't have to go anywhere else. We know the future because God's given it to us in the Lord Jesus Christ. We know exactly what's going to happen. We know the coming is going to be a part of what's going on. See, the Bible tells us here that God has given us as his children all wisdom and, and understanding. He's given us his wisdom. Wisdom is that ability to see rightly, to understand clearly the things that are going on around us and be able to make a right decision because of that ability. And then understanding is the ability to take that decision that we've made and live rightly in the world in which we live, to, to live the way God wants us to live, not the way the world wants us to live, but the way God wants us to live, to make right decisions, to walk rightly before God, and to be the kind of people that we ought to be. And he said he's given us all wisdom and all understanding so that we can take this world that we live in that's so, so full of chaos, so full of conflict, and all the things that are there, and we can see within it things that other people can't see. And we can see the working of God as he moves through history and through time. See, historians want to tell us that history is cyclical. It goes in cycles. It's just over and over and over again. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says history is moving to a point that God has appointed at one time. Before the foundation of the earth, he already knew the outcome of the end of the time. And it's going in that direction. It's moving exactly in the way God wants it to be. He's working in this world. He's working in your life and in my life. And he's moving toward those things that he wants to do and to, wants to accomplish. And he's helping us as Christians. We, we have that ability to see beyond what the world sees. We have the ability to look into the context of darkness and find light. We have the ability to look into the things that everyone, all the world feels with the lies and fallacies of this world. And we're able to find in the midst of it the truth of God. That he directs us and guides us into things that are going on and being a part of. 
of it as he lives out his life in us by the power of the Holy Spirit. He's reminding us that we have this ability if we'll choose to use it to understand and to relate to and make the right kind of decisions even when all around us others are making wrong decisions and doing the wrong things. You and I can make the decisions that are honoring to God and helping us to live the kind of life that we ought to live and be as we do together and going on. And so he gives us this wisdom and he tells us that he has revealed to you and revealed to me the mystery of the ages. See, a mystery in the Bible is something that only God knows. And the only way that you and I can know it is for God to reveal it to us. It can't be searched out. It can't be found out. It can't be reasoned out. It can't be studied in education. It can't be found in any other way. It can only be revealed by the revelation of God to your heart and to my heart. And he's done that for us in Jesus Christ. He's given us the revelation of his purpose and what he's going to do. And all things are moving together. And we know that one day that the Bible tells us that Christ will come and he will gather all of his people together and there'll be all the accumulation of all the work of God throughout all the ages will be found in its end and every one of us will be gathered to him to be with him forever and ever and even those who have failed to accept Christ as Jesus who have refused to acknowledge who he is and what he has done on the cross for them and have chosen other ways other religions other philosophies other ideas and refused Jesus Christ the Bible makes it very clear that they themselves will kneel on their knees and they will confess Jesus Christ your Lord your King you're the one above all things and beyond all things, but it won't matter at that time because they waited too long and they'll still be under the condemnation forever of God because they didn't listen and didn't choose to respond to the grace of God when it was extended to them. He's coming again. And that's what he's telling to us, that we know the outcome. Jesus Christ is going to come again. And when he comes, all his church is going to be gathered together for all the ages. And we're going to be with him forever and ever. And there will be no more sin, and there will be no more sorrow, and there will be no more pain, and there will be no more loss. There will be none of these things. But all things will be made wondrous because all sin will be dispelled. and Nothing will be a part of it. That's what we know. And that's what Paul's celebrating, that God has revealed to us and helped us to understand. But then he goes even further and makes, it, makes us aware of the reality. Not only do we under know this kind of thing, but he's given us the opportunity to be participants in what he's doing. Maybe you've seen something that you looked at, or maybe an activity that you've been a part of, or, or watched somebody else be a part of it or something, and, and you've watched it and you've looked at it and said, man, I, I wish I could do something like that. I wish I could be a part of something so, so amazing or, or being a part of something such a great work that's going on around, and I'd like to be a part of that, but I'm just not qualified or I don't have this or that, whatever the reasons may be. We, we just can't do it, and sometimes we just daydream or we wish we could. I wish I could do this. I wish I could do that. Folks, I want you to understand something this morning. You have been called and set aside by the Lord God himself to participate in the greatest work of all eternity. You are a part by God's choice to be participants in the work of the living God upon this earth. God has picked you out and chosen you and given you the opportunity and the privilege to join with him as co-partners, as co-heirs, as, as workers with him, as servants of the Lord Jesus Christ, that we might be doing the greatest work this world knows. There's nothing greater that can ever be accomplished than what God has given to you and given to me to be a part of, to be able to help people know him. Wow, what an amazing privilege that you and I have the opportunity to tell people about Jesus Christ, the person who died for them, the person who loves them so very much that he gave up all of the kingdom of heaven in order that he might put on flesh and dwell upon this earth and walk among us, that he might go to a cross perfect without sin in his life, without having done anything wrong, without deserving anything of evil. And yet he went there and he died and he gave his life for you and he gave his life for me in order that we might be redeemed from all the things that we have done wrong. We all deserve to die. We all deserve 
condemnation, and yet God wiped it free from us by the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and gave us life eternal. And we get to tell people about it. Now, there's no greater thing. There's nothing. Being a president of the United States, a king of a kingdom, being the general of an army, being the greatest musician, the greatest preacher, the greatest orator, the greatest teacher, the greatest government person, the greatest whatever you want to think of, it just dwindles to nothing to even be talked about in comparison to the privilege that you and I have to talk about Jesus, to tell people that God has so loved them that he gave them, and we get to do it because he picked us out to be his partners, to be those who walk with him and and live with him and know him and are a part of what's going on. And that's what he's talking about here. That's what Paul's telling us, that we have been given the privilege of participation with God himself, that we can be joint with him, that we can be with him in prayer, we can be with him in ministry, we can be with him in the activities that we have. We become his hands and his feet upon this earth, and we are able to do the things that God wants to be accomplished. We're able to go to places where people need to hear and know the truth. We need to be able to go into broken homes and tell them there's a hope for that home. We can go into broken lives and tell them there's a hope for their life. We can go into those places where people feel as though there's nothing left. There's no hope. There's nothing for them. They just have to go through life miserably. No, they don't. There's one who loves them so very much that he did everything that needed to be done for them to find life and meaning and purpose. And it's a gift. It's a gift that anyone and everyone can have. What an amazing work that God has done for us as we look at it. And then he wants us to be sure that we understand that we have that right relationship to him. That's what the song uh, Kathy had, had us sing earlier as we looked at it about the Holy Spirit and the things that were there and being a part of it. See, the Bible tells us that we are sealed by the Holy Spirit. That's part of helping us understand that we know that we are children of God, that we have the seal of the Holy Spirit at the very moment that you pray and confess your sin before God and acknowledge that you're lost and that you can't save yourself and you receive Christ Jesus as Lord and Savior, you accept that what God did in Christ was sufficient to cover your sins and sufficient to bring salvation to you and you accept that gift from God, He makes you a child of His, He gives you the very authority to be the very child of God and in that very instant, in that very moment, He fills you with His Holy Spirit that you might know that you are a child of God, that you might never have questions about it in order for us to know that he puts his seal upon it the seal is a mark of ownership it's a mark of saying that you belong to me that nothing can separate you from me everybody can make claims upon you everybody can try to change your mind and be a part of it they can try to do things but you belong to me my seal is upon you how do I know because he lives in me his spirit is in me he dwells within me I walk with God because he is in me and a part of my life his seal has been placed upon my life that I may forever and forever and forever know and one day when all the people of the world are gathered together in judgment those who know the Lord Jesus Christ who have been sealed by the Holy Spirit will be set aside to God to be taken into the home that he's prepared for them a place called heaven and those who do not have that seal those who not dwelling with the Holy Spirit living within them by faith through Jesus Christ will be separated from God they may cry out but Lord didn't we do great things in your name didn't we minister in your name didn't we preach in your name depart from me I never knew you because without that seal the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life you're not his you don't belong to him you may be religious you may be the most faithful church member that's ever lived upon the face of the earth you may be the most moral person you may be all the great things the world says but if you don't have the seal of the Holy Spirit within your life you're lost And if you don't get it taken care of, you're lost eternally. 
that seal separates us. And it's the confidence that you and I have. We can go out in this world and serve God and, and attempt great things for God and, and try to do the things God says before us without fear of failure or anything else. But it's not going to separate us from God because we fall short, because we didn't get everything done we wanted to do. We've been sealed. I belong to God. And no one else can have me. I'm his. But not only that, he not only seals us, the Bible says, but he gives us an earnest, a down payment of the Holy Spirit that we might know that there's more to come. You know, that's, all of you understand that idea, the idea of earnest, when you put down some money to pay for a house and saying, I want that and I'll give you the rest of it later. I'm making a promise to you. Here's the beginning, but there's more to follow. That's what God's saying with the Holy Spirit in your life and my life. No matter how good his work is in my life right now, no matter what great joys he's doing in my life, what victories he's winning in my life, all the things that are, it's just a deposit. It's just the beginning. The best is yet to be. No matter what I do, it's going to get better. No matter what's going to happen in this world, even if I face every tragedy and every hardship and everything that can possibly go wrong in this world, it doesn't matter because the best is yet to be. It's going to be better. That's what Paul said in Romans 8, verse 18. I don't even consider it worthy to think about all the troubles and all the problems and all the things I've gone through when I think about heaven. When I think about what God has prepared for me, there's nothing this earth has that can dim the glory, the light, the wonder of what God's prepared for those who love him and those who belong to him and those who are with him and being a part of it. That's what the Holy Spirit is doing in your life and in my life. He's that reminder to us that God is with us and that God is preparing a place for us that is so much more than you and I can even begin to imagine. Words fail to describe it. The writers of the Gospels, the writers of the New Testament, all through the Bible, people tried, people through the times through songs and poems and writings and things have tried to describe what the wonder of heaven might be like and what it's like. They've, they've grappled for words. They've looked for ideas and tried to find pictures. They've done everything they can to try to somehow to display the wonder of what God has prepared for us. And they can't because there's no thing you and I can do on this earth that can even begin to touch the glory, the wonder, the things that God has prepared for his people. And the Holy Spirit is that promise in you that those things that God is doing are for you. That's why he's doing it. That's why there's a heaven. That's why there's all these promises of God and all the things that are for you, who are his children. And he said, I want you to know I made you a promise. And so that you'll know that that promise is real and that it's unfailing and it will never, ever be able to be taken from you, I am putting myself within you. See, for God not to fulfill his promise would be for God to have to be dead, to be destroyed. There couldn't be God anymore if he didn't do what he said he was going to do. But he wants to keep me reminded, my, banging my head against the wall because something's going wrong in my life and I'm frustrated and I don't know what to do and I have no answers and I don't see any hope and I don't see any light. I don't know anywhere I can go and suddenly the spirit of the living God within me reminds me, but you're my child. I'm with you in the midst of this and I will be with you through it and one day you'll be with me in a way that will make all of this seem not even worth thinking about because of what I've prepared for you and that's what his spirit is doing in your life and in my life is a reminder he seals us as his own he fills us with his Holy Spirit so that we have the recognition that we have a promise of God that cannot be broken we have the assurance of God that is always ours we belong to him and nothing can take us out of the hands of the almighty God he's your father and you cannot be separated from him that's what Paul's celebrating 
Said we have, God has come and, he, and he's redeemed us and he's given us grace and mercy and all those things, that we, forgiveness, all those things that we've already talked about as we've been moving through Ephesians. And now he just goes on and builds upon that and reminds us of the fact because we have been forgiven, because we have been redeemed, because we have been washed in the blood of the Lamb of the Lord Jesus Christ, because God has done all these things for us, we now are his. We know what's coming. We know the future. We are participants with him in the greatest work in all of history. Nothing can compare with it. It all dims to compare to what you and I are privileged to be a participant in in working with God in the world in which we live. And oh, by the way, just so you never forget, I placed my seal upon you so that you'll never, ever have to question whether you're mine or not, because you are. And I put my Holy Spirit in you to remind you on a regular basis, I love you, I'm with you, and I'll empower you to face anything and everything that you deal with. And one day I'll rejoice with you in a place I've prepared for you, never ever to be separated again in the wonder of what's been prepared. Folks, it's good to be a Christian. It's good to know the Lord Jesus Christ. And it just gets better. Oh, life doesn't get easier. The struggles don't go away. But the awareness as we get to know him better, and we know more about him as we learn how to love him more and more, as we spend time with him. The longings that we have for the things of this world that beat us down and break us down and, and humiliate us because we wanted that so bad and that so bad, suddenly we begin to see them fade because we realize they really weren't worth all the things we were making out to be. They weren't worth all the hassle and all the headaches and all the things we went through. We got God. And if we've got him, what more do we need? And yet we have a God who so abundantly loves us that as we have him, he floods us lavishly with his mercies and his goodness and his love and his grace day in and day out of our lives if we're receptive to it. But it's up to us. See, we have to make the choice whether we'll receive what he offers us or we'll turn our backs and say no and choose the horrors, the chaos, and the defeat, which is the very best the world can give you. It's your choice. It's always been your choice. It will always be your choice. But we ask you this morning to make the right choice. The right choice is to say, I want Christ Jesus, my Lord and Savior, if you've never done that. And if you had, it's to say, I want God, please, just remind me who I am. Remind me that I am your child and help me to live today. No matter what I face, no matter what comes my way, help me to live in the complete peace and knowledge and the fullness of your joy. I am a child of the king. I'm his. He's marked me, he's sealed me, and he holds me forever by dwelling within me. I'm his. And nothing, nothing can change that. Would you pray with me? Father, this morning as we just think about the wonder of your word and how you've preserved it for us throughout all the ages, men and governments, religions, all kinds of things have tried to destroy your word, to distort your word, to make it what they want it to be, creating their own words, creating their own 
religious books doing all kinds of things, but your word abides forever. It's the truth that cannot be undone. And Father, in the midst of that truth, you have reminded us who are your children, who have trusted you through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and Christ alone, that we are yours and that we cannot be separated from you. We cannot be divided from you. We cannot be snatched from you. We are yours. And by being yours, we have been given the amazing privilege to have your wisdom brought into our lives, to have your understanding given to us, to have the the realization that we're moving in a direction toward that which you've planned all along, that life is not out of control, things are not beyond fixing, that you have a plan and a purpose, and, and we're all moving in that direction, and one day it will come to a conclusion in the Lord Jesus Christ as he returns, and those of us who know you and have experienced you, have been sealed by your Spirit and, and inhabited by your Holy Spirit as you've given us an earnest the deposit, Father, will be with you forever and ever, and we thank you for that. We know the outcome. And in the meantime, what an amazing privilege, God, that you've let us be a part of your work in this world, that you've chosen us, the church. That was the whole mystery, that God would set aside Christ as the head of the church, that the church might be the means by which the world would be told the story, the greatest story, the only story that's really true, the only story that can make a difference for all eternity. We've been entrusted with that story and given the privilege to be with you in the sharing of that story to the world around us. What an awesome privilege. What an amazing work that we have to be a part of. And we do it in the confidence that you're with us all the way because you We are yours, and we belong to you. Father, I pray this morning, if there's anyone here or anyone listening that has never truly experienced Christ Jesus, Lord and Savior of their life, they'll quit putting it off. Quit making excuses because none of them hold up. And they'll just simply say yes to the grace of God and yes to what you want to do in their life and receive Christ Jesus, Lord and Savior of their life and begin living as a child of the King. And for those of us who know you, who have experienced you, who have the reality that you dwell within us, Father, may we be a people who understand what an awesome privilege we have to know you, to be saved by you, to be redeemed by you, to be forgiven by you, but then to be entrusted with the gospel, to be entrusted with the most important work on all the earth, to be entrusted with the greatest privilege that's ever been given to mankind. What a joy it is that we have that great gift to share and the privilege to do so. Father, just help us to rejoice in who we are and celebrate who we are and help us to move forward in being who we are in the world in which we live. I pray in Christ's name.